All right, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Dawn of Justice by each individual minute. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And today, we are talking about minute number two of Dawn of Justice Extended Edition. Uh, The minute's going to start out with the fade out of the Wayne family walking out of the theater. And the minute's going to end with a a seemingly familiar face, at least to me, of Mr. Jeffrey Dean Morgan with an amazing mustache, but looking very intense. Yeah. And I don't know why yet, but he's uh, looking at it. <laughs> so this is it. This is... Uh, we're, we're getting there. We're doing it. We're getting We're, we're talking about a completely different character. Are our feet wet or are we fully we, submerged? We spent 143 minutes talking about Superman, and now we're talking about Batman and his Wayne family uh, death. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so they're leaving But we're not going to spend 143 minutes talking about a Wayne family death. No, we're going to be spending 183 minutes talking about it. Mm. Um, they're leaving a theater. Um, and uh, You get some words. <laughs> there's, some, there's a marquee. Excalibur's coming out soon. It says Wednesday, Excalibur. Yeah. Something. And there is a poster of Excalibur that says coming soon. And then there's a poster called soon. The Mark of Zorro. Uh, now playing now playing um i'll let you talk about excalibur but i want to talk real quick about marco zorro yeah go for it you like zorro and uh, that's racist uh, antonio ben <laughs> that's not racist I'm that kidding. was who's i like those movies the, so antonio, zorro antonio really influenced Bendetta batman is. right is that is yeah that, <laughs> is that what we're getting at yeah that's the classic uh moniker is that a is that the correct yeah. use of that word um yeah, so what, we get the, uh, the, when this all started back in Detective Comics number 33, I'm pretty sure, and if it is 33, the that's what I'm saying, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's in number 33, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is when they that do get- That was a big get, number for us when we did yeah, Man of Steel. It still should be a number for us, but, huh, that's good, because 33 is supposed to be the prime age for our heroes, and uh, Superman and Batman have always been around the same age, but not this time, so no. spoiler. How could but, they be? I mean... Exactly, they couldn't be. So, in the 80s, so this is... Are you trying Excalibur? To fi- I'm trying to th- figure out time. Oh, I have it all written down here. You have all you the time. You want to hear the breakdown? All right, Excalibur came out in 1981. 81, so this, this film, is 1980. This, uh, Probably. This Dawn of Justice event, this film, it takes place in 2016. Um, if you take 20 years of Batman, yes, it's 1996 now. Um, but then, what is 1996 now? When he started being Batman. Okay, so that was when he was. So in the 90s, yeah, there was Batman 96. 90s, 90s Batman. Imagine that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, so it's like Goodwill Hunting Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? Is, you picture perfect. that? That's I like pi- a, I'm picturing it perfectly. He's like, he, he would that like is a, like, like year one Batman. Grayson Batman. Yeah, that's, that's year would, one Batman. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, oh, like a Grant Morrison, Dick Grayson Batman. Yeah, that's I what like he that. would be in. That if you took that Goodwill Hunting Ben Affleck and put a Batman suit on him, he yeah. had like that young Ben Affleck. Anyways, wait, Batman in this film is roughly forty five years old, which yeah. means he was born in nineteen seventy one. And we know that Superman in our last film was thirty three. Yeah, but oh yeah, which means he was nineteen eighty. It was like nineteen eighty directly. What is 1980? That means, holy shit, that means that his, 
parent's death almost lines up with Superman landing on Earth. Yes, in it this does. Universe. Yes, it does. Holy shit! Yeah, I pr- that was that was a minute. That was a point <laughs> that we're going to get at. So there's these two children grow up in very different households yeah, and very different. The things. events happen. Like we, like I said in, in yesterday's minute, we get to see in our previous movie that yeah. a, ch- a young child was getting a lot of advice. This movie, absolutely none. His parents are dead. Where does his advice come from? So where he finds it on his own. Um, you know, Bruce is about 10 years old when his when Crime Alley happens, which would bring it to the year 1981, which is the year Excalibur comes out. Yeah. So we come full circle. But Marco Zorro, the last film to come out during that time was 1974. And then the next film to come out doesn't happen until 1998. Okay, so this so is like, like a... There's like a, man, like a Marco Zorro drought. <clears throat> so why is it... Why is I don't he, know. It's a theater. Is he seeing a live performance like in Batman Begins? Is that what's happening? No. Are they seeing Marco Zorro? Because you can't have a live performance of Excalibur. No, but it could be. Some theaters do both. This theater probably has maybe. No, I think it only has one screen, one theater. Were theaters able to lift the screens up and have a blank stage for yeah. actors and stuff back probably. then? Rolled out like a projector. Stays. Is that a thing? I don't know. Yeah, we'll say it is. We'll see. I'll, I'll say that they. Okay. I don't maybe, think it was live. I just, think it was a movie. I think it was like a director's cut of the Mark of Zorro. Yeah, Luke Benson's Mark of Zorro, with three hours of extra off-world. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, the one that they could be seeing is the 1974 one. But yeah, I mean, it's 1981 now. This is, what was the first? Did you see when the first Mark of Zorro came out? In like the forties? Yeah, I was gonna say how how when does it relate up to Batman? That's probably a question for me. Better. Oh, off. oh yeah. Thirty nine is when. Yeah, I'm sure so. someone. I'm sure, they saw Zorro and they were like, like, "Yo, I want to have Batman as yeah. a, make my own superhero." I wonder how long that time period was. Like it was a couple months. The day of. No idea. <laughs> um, but tell me about this Excalibur <clears throat> film. So Excalibur was a film uh, in nineteen. I've never seen one. I've seen it one time. I barely barely remember it it was when it was i was this is weird um it was playing when i was in uh one day when i was at summer camp and it was in you watched that at summer camp no i didn't watch it i just knew it was on and someone was like oh that's a really cool like medieval king arthur movie and i was like awesome i went to go look at it for some reason i'm remembering this i can't i feel like i was maybe like nine or ten i remember thinking that there wasn't (laughs) there wasn't as much like witchcraft or like wizards like merlin kind of thing like dragons and that's stuff that's a fair thing i realized that not like fantasy enough it, I, I feel like that was probably what i was you know as a 10 year old kid you like i didn't want i was lord looking for rings. lord of the rings but that didn't exist yet and i was like i want that and i realized that oh i'd much rather go play pool at summer camp and not in watch a movie that was the only time i'm going to watch this movie now after we talk you know after talking about this because there's insane parallels to this movie and for Excalibur. This is great. This is why we do this. Um, there are a lot of parallels. Or This is Zach, one of Zack Snyder's favorite films. Uh, yeah, who is this? Uh, John Borman? Excalibur? Oh. Excalibur? That made Excalibur? John Borman? Bruman? Broman? Oh, you're asking Bruman. me. <laughs> That's his name? Is that oh, don't ask me. Borman. But I'm sure yeah. someone will agree with you. Yeah. Um, All I know is that this is one of Zack Snyder's favorite films. There's a reason it's in this film. Uh, we're going to be seeing some stuff that that film parallels with this film. Uh, and when we get there, we'll talk about it. Yeah. 
there's say, a there's a reason why that is Zorro in, and Excalibur are playing. Yes, Zorro, like you said, is the masked vigilante playboy that wants to go fight for justice. That's yeah. exactly what Batman is doing. But Excalibur, it's the same exact thing. But this is to play towards the Dark Knight aspect of it. In the movie Excalibur, we get um, King Arthur on the on the search for the Holy Grail. It's that's his purpose in the movie. That's what we're supposed to, you know. That's what we're led to believe, um, which parallels uh, 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 Bruce's need and lust for uh, finding kryptonite. Exactly. So the Holy Grail to Bruce Wayne in this aspect is kryptonite because of his previous, you know, thoughts of of there being a, an alien that can destroy the world. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> There's also aspects of a, of a, you know the, 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 a scene in Excalibur with um, the sword uh, being brought up from a, the water, and it's like an inlaid with uh, emeralds. Uh, it's supposed to relate to the kryptonite, and it's supposed to also relate to the spear that we do see later on the movie. King Arthur's armor, as well, is like very black and bulky. It looks a lot like um, the you know. The, the big bulky Dark Knight armor that we see uh, Batman have later on. But I think the main reason that this is in here is because this movie is very heavily dream sequence-esque. And in Excalibur, that movie is very heavily dream sequence narration. Hmm. Very heavily. Um, There's some other stuff, but maybe don't... Spoil it yet? No, I won't spoil it yet. Um, <laughs> there's, but this is exactly what that this movie is like. There's a lot of dream aspects of this movie. This whole minute that we saw that we talked about yesterday, there's a certain point of that which turns into a dream, a vision of Bruce. So maybe having those two posters it. side by side, maybe like the Marker Zorro represents what Batman was, yes, and then Excalibur represents what he is now. Absolutely. Um, cool. The whole theme of Excalibur is that King Arthur loses his his purpose. He loses his sight in his quest for the Grail. He loses his his humanity, if you will. Damn. Which is exactly what we see this Bruce go through in this movie. So this, I mean... A pl- standing ovation for adding Excalibur into this universe. It works. It hits on all levels. It just it, it works. Well, he did that with Man of Steel. With uh, Fountainhead was a big thing. Yeah, of I course. think it, they use some people parallel Fountainhead in this yeah. film. But that whole we had that big Anne Rand moment. Yeah, and you also can take in you know King Arthur and Knights of the Round Table. You know, getting all that together as well. The title itself, Dawn of Justice. Yada yada. You want to go into that? Go into that. You want to fight? <laughs> I'll fight you with no gloves. This movie's fantastic. Oh, what the? How to tone her again? Oh, Lois Lane is gonna kill me. Hey, does anyone know where we keep the toner cartridges? Of course. Everyone knows we keep the toner cartridges in the supply closet. The only problem is we're completely out. I just checked. Completely out? But I gotta get these articles printed and on Perry's desk by Monday, the latest. Well, you could go to Amazon.toolmedia.com and buy the toner from there. They definitely get here before Monday. Amazo who? Amazon.toolmedia.com. You can find almost anything on there and it'll get here faster than a speeding bullet. And a fraction of what you pay for goes to helping out some podcast called DC Cinematic Minute. Well, that's awesome. I'm all about helping others, as you know. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so Amazon.2OldMedia.com. Well, I better get to it before Superman stirs up another headline. 
Um, so they're leaving the theater, um, having a great time, you know? Yeah. They're laughing. Bruce just, he spilled his popcorn all over him and it went, uh, down his shoe and now he's, he's got popcorn shoes. And I think that was a running joke in the Wayne family from many moons ago. Um, but not to be confused with the same moons that Jax Ur is the breaker of. Uh, take it away, Mark. Moons. <laughs> um, so yeah, who's uh, our Martha Wayne in this film is played by Lauren Cohan. She's obviously known for her Walking Dead character, Maggie Green. Babe. Um, she's also the stranger in Destiny. No way. Yeah. Did not know that. Thomas Wayne is played by, uh, who's that guy? Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Some would know his work from The Comedian in Zack Snyder's Watchmen. Or. Grey's Anatomy. Or. Uh, the Walking Dead. The Walking Dead as well. This yeah. is Negan. All right. Um, he's uncredited in this film. That's okay. No credit whatsoever. Okay. Why? Okay. Because we just got a really heavy bomb dropped on us this past weekend at San Diego Comic Con 2017. But you That's credited why. Martha, but you didn't credit him well why why Duh, martha there has her name said per- you don't know who this oh okay maybe okay yeah that could be a thing i don't know if they ever say thomas wayne in this movie well they mention his father like in some scene yeah but i don't think they ever say thomas wayne i think they did it on purpose i think it was for like maybe spoiler coverage or something I yeah absolutely do you remember all the spoilers that was man when this movie was in production there was <laughs> that there was that big painting that someone took a picture of of jeffrey dean morgan and they were like oh my god crazy and then yeah uh, oh man there were so many it, it was fun going through went before the months before this movie came out that was a the year before that was a fun time oh yeah it was a real fun time because it was also when star wars force awakens was coming out and they were doing the whole battling trailers and whatnot deal but it's also gonna be the first time we saw wonder woman so it was like what yeah Yeah. (laughs) this is crazy i digress um young bruce wayne here is played by brandon spink uh he's the same height as me he's five four it's the only interesting note i'm five five maybe i'm a short guy this guy's really young and he's the same height as me so i don't i don't congratulations kid um maybe you should go play young bruce wayne yeah or robin I'm going to do it one day. Do Robin, yeah. Uh, Joe Chill. You want to drop names like that? I'm just dropping that name. Yeah, all right. Who is that guy? What? Uh, well, Who that boy? Fans of the Batman storyline would know that the murder of the Wayne family is a uh, hardened criminal. goes by the name of Joseph Chill, again, from Detective Comics number 33. Um yeah, he just walks up and caps this family. Like, it's no NBD. Whoa, I didn't say that. Hold on. That didn't happen yet. Oh. Well, shocking. If you didn't already know the... <laughs> um, Joe Chill shows up. Um, well, this guy in a trench coat shows up. <laughs> what else do you think people in trench coats It is Joe do? Chill. He's. Uh, it's been confirmed that, that in this universe it is Joe Chill. Yeah? It's not the Joker or anything strange like that. Sometimes people put spins on the story. Um, it's Joe Chill. And he's actually played here by Damon Caro, who's their stunt coordinator for the whole DCU, Wonder Woman, him. all the other ones. So it's kind of cool to see him in there, um, uncredited as well. Um, and the gun that he has is a, thank you, Crystal Beth, for the Internet Movie Firearm Database. It is a pre-war Colt M1911A1, also known as the Colt Government Model. There you go. So, yeah. Is that the same as... um? 
Afro Afro Man. Yeah. Afro Samurai. Uh, Colt Forty Five. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> is that um, the same thing? Is it? A, is it? I don't, I don't know either. Tell you tell me. Um. So yeah, he shows up and just immediately points a gun at them. And one of the coolest things that I like about this shot by Larry Fong is that he focuses on the gun in like this very like dramatic way. So it's like it's there's no focusing on this shot, and then it just slowly focuses in, focuses in on this gun. And I love it because it's like the focusing on that gun to me I wrote down is a revelation and understanding. Like it's becoming clear to you now that you now have something pointed at you that's gonna kill you. It's going to end your life. And it's like that focusing on the gun is like them being like, wait a minute. This situation just went from like happy-go-lucky to uh, this is crime alley. Yeah. This is it. Um, Which to us, again, like people are burned out with the Wayne origin story. But if if you're seeing it for the first time or if you can keep your mind open to that kind of scene, very powerful, very like this is it this is you know i don't know how many people have had a gun pointed at them but that Mm. that's pretty alarming yeah um and then going back to uh the other flashback which is bruce at that funeral or the dream really um he's running through this forest and one of the craziest things about it is all these like sweeping camera angles as he's running through oh especially when they do the the, yeah there's like uh the the top overhead like 180 but then there's some other sweeping shots that he has and just crazy camera work for for what's just happened op- i mean it's like well, i'm saying for a big open woods or maybe it is symbolic maybe I it's, think like, it's supposed to be symbolic it's like what his what's going through his mind it's, it's like crazy it's, yeah it's, it's exactly it's like his whole world just got turned upside down and he's running away from it all and it's just like everything's just going crazy it's just destroyed it's in disarray yeah. And yeah, the sim- the symbolism behind the entire funeral congregation is that the right word? The dream? Whatever. Yeah, yeah. The funeral but like dream? the funeral, like having all those people that's supposed to be like, hey, we're behind you here, but really you don't see any faces of them. They're just guys in suits. It's exactly what you would expect to have. You know, the support of a, of a billionaire child. It's fake, like you don't know anybody. Just fake, <laughs> fake people. Support. Yeah, it's exactly what that is. And I mean, it's a, it's it's a dream, and he's running away from it all. Absolutely. Hitting it with some heavy, heavy stuff. So, we have Thomas Wayne who kind of steps up to the plate yep. to protect his family. Um, am I skipping you, or is there anything that you want to talk about? No, that's actually you? that's that's everything that I have. That's, oh, okay. that's where I end. Uh, again, one of the greatest things that uh, a great moment uh, by Larry Fong is we get this shot of Bruce Wayne being protected by his father. His hand is there to kind of protect him. Yeah. Um, And it goes from us focusing on Bruce Wayne to now focusing on Thomas Wayne's hand or glove because, like, it turns from protecting into a fist. Yeah. And I love that because it's such a great – it's, like, the importance of, like, on-screen movement for your eyes to be like, oh, look, he's protecting his son to, like, oh, shit, he's about to go hit Joe Chill. Which is something that we didn't get to see in – the previous Batman origin of this and begins that Thomas Wayne didn't go to attack Joe chill. He, he stepped in front of Martha cause he didn't want. Yeah, the that was hand. it. And he didn't he do anything. To her. So this is also going to play into again, spoilers, uh, just Thomas Wayne as a character <clears throat> that we'll in see this again. universe that we'll see again. <laughs> 
he he acted or he was going to act you know a fist versus a bullet who do you think can win duh but he didn't just stand there and 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 cower he didn't just stand there and say you know take whatever you want and leave he he did he was going to do something about it Mm -hmm. we'll see that again we will see that again (laughs) um Perfect casting for Jeffrey Dean Morgan, though. I mean, like, yeah, the comedian from that, like, helped. That was just, like, great. But, like... Oh, yeah, it's got to be intentional. Man, that was, it has to I think be. that had to have been in mind. I think this whole film, really, when you watch it, you'll be like... Or even Justice League. Um, every character that's in it is also a very important character for another famous comic book story. It's true. And I mean like Jeff Johns is, you know, was was very heavily involved with this uh the making of this movie and um you know, he, he had already had plans for his rebirth uh for DC Comics and Watchmen Universe plays a big role in that whole in, in what's happening right now currently. So I think there's also parallels that we can draw into current comics now with this universe. So yeah, absolutely. Maybe um, maybe there's a bigger picture of it all. <laughs> I think it's not a question of if. Yeah. I think it just is. <clears throat> um, but did you have anything else? No, sir. Awesome. All righty, guys. We're going to go ahead and wrap up for today. If you love everything you heard, don't forget to check us out at all social media, DCU Minute, tooldmedia.com, and Facebook listener group, DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. And we'll catch you tomorrow here at DC Cinematic Minute.